Hello, I'm Cameron Penamone. And I'm Stephanie Ledesma. And this is Drunk, Drunk Art, Art Chat. Chat. I think we can very confidently say that we believe they are, and this is sort of going to be about maybe why that is a little bit. Yes, I think so. Um, To kind of kick this episode off, we are going to talk about... So I saw... Stephanie showed me a trailer for a movie that I had never seen before that she recently saw. Yeah, I recently saw this at the original Kuma's Corner. I went with a mutual friend of ours, and it was playing, and it actually plays all the time when I go there, so I wonder if it's the only thing they play. Oh, or Um, they'd like, no, you're coming. They're like, oh, God, get this movie on there. (laughs) It is um, Santa Sangre, um, The Holy Blood, I think it's called, Mm or... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) it translates something roughly into that. Um, It's um, from the director, um, Alejandro Hodorowski. He's actually pretty well known in like the bad movie slash cult movie mm. um scene um he's also made uh el topo which i think is his more famous movie and uh the holy mountain um you've heard of that yes. yeah you've told me about that one yeah that one's and a I'm trick very curious about that one but anyway i showed cam a uh trailer a really poorly i mean it was made in the 80s so 80s trailers kind of give you mm. They basically give you the whole plot. Yeah, 1989, that's the year Cam came into the world, baby. And Santa Sangre. <laughs> yeah, good company. Um, so I showed Cam a uh, trailer of that, and they've never seen this movie, so this is like a blind... Um, I'm going to attempt to figure out what's going on in it, and Stephanie's going to tell me if I'm right. Yes, and also just a warning, um... This whole episode is going to contain spoilers for yeah. movies. So Any movie that we mentioned. Yeah, we're going to touch on, like, The Room, obviously, mm-hmm. Fateful Findings, um, Troll 2, Repo the Genetic Opera. Any bad movie you could think of potentially is going to get spoiled. So yeah. if you don't like spoilers, just watch all these movies parts. first. Yeah. <laughs> watch all these movies first, That's and then you can listen <laughs> to this episode. Um, and before I get into my thoughts on whatever the fuck is happening in that crazy trailer... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's like off the fucking rails. Um, almost spat my drink out. I was like leaning. That's what we were talking about. It was drinks. We are coming off our fifth episode, so we are riding pretty good on yep. whatever the fuck it was we were drinking before, which was the whiskey sour for me and the um angry orchard hard mm-hmm. cider rose and then you had enjoyed a little bit of a ginger bourbon right yes i did yeah ginger ale bourbon so we are still drinking but it's regular ginger ale yeah we're gonna <laughs> slow slow it down just a little bit make sure that i'm still coherent before i forget what i just saw uh very shortly before recording what i think it is is these are like two kids who maybe got like abducted and had to go into the circus or something it seems like and they are one's a little boy one's a little girl and apparently i think the girl is like deaf and mute the lady yells at her in a really mean way and she's trying to walk this rope of fucking fire (laughs) tightrope and the girl is always wearing face paint so maybe she's also supposed to be a mime or a clown and She's crying, and I'm like, the girl's maybe like 15, and the boy's probably about mm, 10 or something, and the boy, meanwhile, while she's walking the rope, the boy is getting a tattoo of an eagle, like, carved into him, so it's like some sort of weird initiation in the circus, and then all this other stuff happens. (laughs) (laughs) Um... 
so I don't really, I just feel like it's a story probably about the really scary, awful lives of these potentially orphan or born into circus children. And the one is, you know, disabled, so she can't hear or talk. She's having a hard time, but I don't know if they're brother and sister. I would hope not, because it also sort of seems like maybe a love story happens between these two childrens. And, like, they are sort of, like, hanging out, and she does this weird thing where she's, like, takes him his heart. <laughs> not for real. Like, I can't even remember what she did just now. Like, but she, like, blows it away into the air. She she put her hands on his chest and, like, uh-huh. made it, like... Like a butterfly. Yeah. And then, like, flies away. Like, you're blowing a kiss, but but over your heart. So they did that, and then you know that's them as children. And then it looks like all this weird, crazy shit happens between the adults in the circus. I think somebody tried to, sp- like, throw a cup of acid on some dude's dick. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You did see that. (laughs) That was in the trailer. Um, Well, I'm sure that's not like the theatrical trailer. I don't know. Um, I think it was. So these adults are having a hard time in life. (laughs) And they're not caring for these children very well. Now then it seems like, and then it kind of goes a little bit more into time. This was a very long trailer, I have to say. It was was four minutes. Four minutes. That's not, yeah, that's a long trailer. Um, I think more of, like, a, it was, like, cut together by someone. Maybe not a real trailer. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it might really, have been. A really good uh, MIDI song in the background. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't a MIDI, but it sounded like a MIDI. And you know when it's real instruments that sound like a MIDI? Now that's a fucking banger. <laughs> so, I love them. Um, anywho, the kids, like, seem to grow up, and you know this, because the girl apparently still has face paint on as an adult. <laughs> she just wore it this whole time. <laughs> Maybe she was born that way. Um, and then they do the, like, heart thing again, and the boy has a ponytail now. I think. <laughs> um, and that's all I remember. Everything else is a fucking blur. And there was, like, a girl against the wall. I don't know if it was the same girl. She was, like, spewing blood everywhere. What happened? What happened? <laughs> what happened in the movie? All right, this is where the spoilers are gonna. How close was I? <laughs> not really. Um, maybe I don't know. Okay. Um, you're not wrong about the the mute deaf girl. Her name's Alma, and she's actually okay. an orphan. So you're not wrong okay. about that. So so I recently saw this movie, and it could be considered a bad movie, but I actually mm-hmm. found it quite beautiful. Um, it centers around this boy named Phoenix. Um, the movie starts off with him being in an uh, um, institution yeah. for his mental health, um, and he's acting like an animal, like he just can't communicate well with people. And then it flashes back to his childhood. Oh. Um, he was um, in the circus with his mom and dad, and he meets Alma, the mute, mm. deaf um, little girl who was... Um, adopted by the tattooed lady of the circus, and um, his mom is also a cult leader um, of this weird religion where they um, kind of worship this fake martyr, mm. um, which is a little girl who is armless. Mm. Um, so he has his mom already has some issues. His dad is head of the circus have an affair with the tattooed lady. Eventually the mom finds out, throws acid on the dad's crotch. The dad kills her in the way that her ma- martyr dies. Like he takes her arms off. He's, he cuts her arms off. So it's oh, very... Oh, that's the lady against the wall. Yeah, the lady against the wall. And um, the tattooed woman runs off with Alma and Phoenix never sees them again. So then flashback to Ford. He's in the institution. Um, the doctor says like you can't act like an animal anymore you need to mm-hmm. become a person again you need to like socialize so he forces phoenix and a couple of the other patients to go out and they run into a pimp who then you know gives them a prostitute mm-hmm. and phoenix runs into the tattooed lady mm-hmm. and it's just like oh shit she's still alive alma <laughs> must still be alive but then it does some weird transition into that his mom might be alive Okay. So he's living with his mom now. They don't explain anything. Somehow he's away from the mental institution. Living with his mom. His mom's armless. And he basically 
is her arms. He, like, will stand behind her, mm. and she will tell him what to do with his arms. Okay. Um, and she is a performer, so he performs with her, like, right behind her. Now this is where it becomes sort of like Psycho, where oh, he... it just becomes... It ba- basically crazy. becomes okay. crazy. Um, and similar to the movie Psycho, where his mom, anything that she finds, like, any woman that she finds is competition, oh. anyone that's threatened in her certain lifestyle, she has Phoenix kill. Um, mm. So Phoenix is her arms, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, until he runs into Alma, he can't kill her, because obviously right. he cares about her. And eventually he has, like, some inner struggle of, like, do I kill Alma? Do I listen to my mom? Or, you know, do I not? You know, because I obviously care about this girl. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen her in how many years? So eventually he just, there's, like, this internal turmoil. And you find out his mom has been dead this whole time. He actually has a dummy, a armless dummy that he's been using as his mom. Mm. Because, like, Alma, yes, it does. Alma, like, ends up showing him, like, hey, like, this whole time it's just been, you've been killing all these women, thinking it's your mom telling you to, you know, because obviously he was scarred from what happened as a child. And it ends with him and Alma leaving the building that he was killing these women in, and the police stop them, and he finally puts his hands up and he realizes he has control of his hands again. Like, they're no longer his mom's. Oh. And that's what you were hearing at the end of the trailer. Like, my arms, my my, oh, my hands, shit. my... Yeah. I was like, this makes zero sense. So <laughs> what do you think was... about that now that I told well, you? That sounds very different from what the vibe I was getting from. I thought it was just, like, straight, like, horror kind of, like, super... Like, the story didn't really matter and it was just all wanting to be like blood and gore or whatever and i mean crazy. it is yeah oh, okay i'm um, so when i'm curious then my question for you is like what is it about this movie like what what specifically do you find beautiful about it and what do you think qualifies it as a bad movie i'll start off with why it's a bad movie and okay. then i'll tell you why i like it okay. um so obviously this director alejandro um Hodorowski, He's he's known for making some really far out, like mm-hmm. really weird fucking movies. Um, and this is a movie that is fucking weird. Um, as you can tell from earlier movies, I, I think it might be. Um, it was made in 1989. I wonder if it came before. Um, no, the Holy Mountain, which is even more fucked up, and El Topo, um, came out before this movie. So I think this is why it has more of a more of a storyline you can follow. Oh. Because if you watch those two, you're just like, what is going on? Um, So it's a bad movie. The acting's bad. The music could actually be considered bad, but Mm. I actually enjoyed it. Mm. Um, It's, I mean, it doesn't look very well-funded. Yeah, it did look a little low-budge. Yeah. Uh, The transition of the movies, whether it was intentional or not, it's pretty rough. And, yeah, just very low-quality-looking movie. Yeah. I actually really enjoy that kind of fucked-up storyline. Oh, yeah. Um, it, sounded, it sounds more interesting and more intricate than a lot of, like, the bad movies that we know of today. Yes. Like, it has a lot of twists and turns to it. And twists. Lots of twists. <laughs> it's one of those movies, and I think this is going to be the theme of, that, of this episode in particular. Like, I wanted more. Oh. After it was done, I was just like... Shit, I wish there was a sequel. Not mm. now I don't wish there was a sequel because it would have ruined it. But like, yeah. you know, I wanted it to be longer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what mm. happened. Um, I actually really enjoyed the music as mid- MIDI. <laughs> <laughs> I love okay, chip tune as it sounded. <laughs> download MIDIs all the time when I was growing up. Yes. No, me too. <laughs> Loved it. Um, there was like, actually, you didn't see from the trailer, but mm-hmm. there's actual like, music in there too mm-hmm. not just oh, yeah. the sad midi music <laughs> no i figured that was just the trailer music trying to be like circus music or something yeah um i thought the costume in even low budget like i thought was pretty great mm-hmm. and i felt like the characters were they probably were one-dimensional but i really enjoyed them like i if each of them could have a segment of their own. I would be curious. Like, I'm curious about it and I would watch it. Mm. Oh, okay. I was entertained. Yeah, it sounds like you were relatively invested in the characters. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's interesting because it's like, 
And now, was that the first time you saw them, mm-hmm. you said? Because I don't know that I would say, like, I was invested in the characters the first time I saw The Room or whatever, all those big ones, but, like, it took time. Eventually, I became invested because I <laughs> <laughs> was like, ah, oh, like, all the stupid fucking lines they say and everything. Like, you just, there's, like, a weird, like, lovableness to them. But, like, the first time you sit down to watch a bad movie, that may or may not happen, I think. Yeah. So it's interesting that that, that one did. I only have one question to determine whether I like a movie or not. Mm-hmm. And that is, was I, was I entertained? Mm. And if I was then I like that movie. Okay, yeah. If I wasn't, then I I don't. Um, so that's a very, like, low-ball way to judge a movie. No, but, like, that's just how I... That's why I like bad movies. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel, like I had mentioned in an earlier episode about art. If it makes me feel something, I'm probably going to be more interested in it than if it doesn't in the first, like, five seconds of seeing it. Um, it yeah, it feels a low-ball, but that makes complete sense. Um... I love it. I really now I want to see this movie. You should see this movie. God. I think you'd like it. I mean, I want to. We run a bad movie night mm-hmm. and run it like a business, baby. Run it like run a it. business um, <laughs> for our audience out there. Uh, me and Kim are part of a bad movie night with our coworkers, and The Holy Mountain is one of those mm-hmm. movies. That I'm just like, we must watch this. It will. It's kind of long, blow though, your... isn't it? It's really long. <laughs> Okay, so I think I want to, do you feel like we could pause here and then I could show you the yeah. one that I wanna, want you to try and figure out? Mm-hmm. We're going to pause for a second. I just showed Stephanie a trailer for The Apple. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys missed it. Like, Cam was well. looking at the screen and then... <laughs> Instantly looked at me while saying, the apple. <laughs> <laughs> the, Stephanie, what is the apple about? So. I've not seen it. <laughs> I think you told me a little bit about mm, it. I probably um, did. So now I feel like it's not as authentic <laughs> as okay. me showing you Santa and Grey. But um, I think it's, this is the movie where people have to stop what they're doing to sing, right? Yes. Like yeah, every hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Well, no, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, so judging from the trailer, a lot of dance and a lot of singing, it looks like the whole population of the world is doing this. Yeah. And then at some point, there's this pop star, I guess, um, and it looks like one of her dancers or someone that knows her falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. She has a contract that binds her to perform, and he wants her out of it. And the guy was the guy that's in charge of it was like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, I forgot what he said, but he was just like, eh, "Okay." Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point, this beautiful black woman's like, "Let me seduce <laughs> you." I'm her. Ri- it looks like her rival, the pop mm-hmm. star's rival, and she's mm-hmm. just like, "Come with me instead." <laughs> and he's just like, "I can't." Um, or maybe he does. Who knows? Maybe he's. I know he. <laughs> falls into that temptation mm-hmm. and then after that little segment um he still is like pining for this pop star and she's just performing endlessly seems like and everyone's dancing and watching her mm-hmm. yeah that's, was i right <laughs> that's pretty close you're pretty close <laughs> i mean most of what is like a little off is just like small details honestly so the apple is a movie <laughs> it's good pretty intense the end. um <laughs> It was a movie apparently made in, like, 1980, according to Wikipedia. Um, and, oh, apparently it was also called called Star Rock. So if you can't find Apple, I guess look up Star Rock. Yeah, I feel like other than them holding an apple, like, an uh, apple prop, it had nothing to do with Apple. Oh, well, oh. actually. Oh, oh okay. Uh, it It's not that it has nothing to do with apples. It is, like, in-your-face, like over-the-top uh, allegory for the the temptation of the apple. Oh, okay. Eve. Gotcha. The guy that you saw saying, like, ugh, I don't care about your feelings, or whatever it was that he saw is, like, the literal devil <laughs> in the movie. Like, they do not, like, water it down or anything. Like, he's the fucking devil. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of getting into it. But So it starts with a couple who's a, who are, like, a duo singer – duo they sing together and um that's the guy that's the guy you saw like chasing after the girl bb and um 
they go to this like battle of the bands kind of thing and every the band before them is this like massive multi-piece mostly dancers and singers like i don't even really know who's playing the instruments <laughs> band that plays before them it's like think of polyphonic spree band times four more of them being on stage and they perform and it's crazy and it's like the band that everybody loves right now i guess i think they're called bim but i also feel like bim b-i-m is like this like just a general i didn't quite catch that i think it's just like an idea as well anyway um oh and i should mention so this movie, like I said, is made in 1980. It takes place in dystopian 1994. <laughs> oh, well, like, I missed that. <laughs> yes, same here. Um, I mean, I was only five, but still, I think I would have noticed. Uh, it just does not really go too far into the future. It's like, yeah, 1994 is probably pretty fucked up a few years later. It's fine, it's fine. Um, it's so weird. I think they had... Uh, the little like trivia on that is they chose that because it was supposed to be a play in 1984, but they couldn't do 1984 because it was four years from <laughs> they make I don't know stupid. Um, anyway, the the band is like also there's like the devil is like connected to all the people in the audience his like their heart levels it says I think in the back it's so fucking weird. And then they're like monitoring them and how they're engaging with the music and. Everybody's like in love with this first band, Bim, and then these the two couple, the the coupled singing the duo comes on, and they're like, "This is kind of silly," but like uh, like two minutes into their duet or something, the the people start to like kind of get into it, and they're like, "Oh, we kind of like this," and it's like a natural enjoyment of it, I guess. Um, the devil fucking hates this, and he like basically. The devil, like, lures them in, and he's like, ooh, you should sign on with our, you know, what what are they called? Uh, re- record labels? Um, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, the record label, and then, um, so, but then the girl is kind of interested, because she's, like, that wide-eyed, like, ooh, I'm just a country girl into the big city, and, like, ooh, just got and life is bus. adventure, <laughs> yeah. And the guy's kind of, like, oh, I don't know about this, and so... She signs a contract and essentially becomes the next big, like, star. And the guy doesn't. And he's still trying to, like, make it on his own. And it's just kind of the, all sort of this, like, story about how they're separated. And she sort of, sort of regrets it. And he's, like, still trying to get back to her and all this sort of stuff. All wrapped in, it's like, it's it's a musical. So they're all dancing and it's all choreographed and those fucking costumes are wild. Um, Their idea of what the future was like, it's not super far off from what you might think. Like everybody's wearing silver and like pointy outfits and stuff. Unless you're a commoner wearing your t-shirt and your jeans (laughs) and like whatever. Uh, So everything kind of goes crazy and... Like, she gets all caught up in this world and stuff. And then towards the end, they eventually, like, get back together. The The, the beautiful black woman that you mentioned actually betrays Bim and and helps the girl go free. Oh, okay. So that she can go meet the dude that she was singing with in the beginning. And then, like, they go join this colony of people who live under a bridge. <laughs> and uh, it's, like, run by, like, they, essentially, I think even in the movie, they're like, they're what's known as hippies and they say it with like air quotes or whatever and it's like okay yeah clearly and so they don't like abide by like society's rules man and like whatever they don't like do any of that shit and they just they live in squalor <laughs> that's the thing it's like they they completely cut themselves off from everything because everything is infected with this bim shit um but it's a decent sized community and so i guess they make it work i don't know uh, and then eventually, like, towards the end, the, I guess the devil guy, like, comes to find Bibi, who is the singer, and he's, like, trying to get her back in, and I think, you know, the, then the, the leader of this, like, bridge people group comes <laughs> in and is like, no, fuck you, like, he, except he says really much nicer things because turns out he's God! 
Yeah. He is. <laughs> I, I think he's God. He's either, I think he's God. And, uh, like, the two lovers or whatever are, like, supposed to kind of represent, like, the love of Jesus or Jesus the, himself or something. Not Adam and Eve. Uh, I yeah, I mean, it was Adam default. and Eve for most of the movie, but then they, like, get back together, which isn't right. I don't know. But here, in the end, like, the fucking, like, I guess. explodes. No, sorry, the world doesn't explode. <laughs> I think we're left to believe that what the world that we're living in now, at least this is how I interpreted it, is, like, the rejects. Because all the people who lived with the guy under the bridge, like, just ascend into the sky. <laughs> And they just go and walk off into the clouds, and then the movie just, like, ends. <laughs> okay. It's very bizarre. And my, my like, I, it is definitely a bad movie. <laughs> I didn't find it super beautiful, necessarily, but oh. I can see that's so, considered art. <laughs> yeah, so, um, what made it a bad movie, mm-hmm. and then why do you like it, despite it being a bad movie? So... It's a bad movie because, well, I think opposite of the Santa, what's it called? Sangre. Sangre. There's not really a story. It's just taking Adam and Eve from the Bible and kind of trying to transform it into some weird fucking version of Rocky Horror Picture, <laughs> which, okay. And and it came out around, I, I think it came out around that time. I'm not really sure when Rocky Horror came out. Let's find out. But I think, but it's very evident to me that it's trying to be like that, or it's trying to get in on that trend a little bit with the music. It is, does seem like that. Yeah. Um, like it, when after Stephanie and I watched the trailer for it, um, it's only a two and a half minute trailer and it feels Whoa, so really? Long. 1975 was when Rocky okay, Horror was released. Sense. So five years later, this movie comes out and it's trying to be it. Uh, to a slightly lesser degree because it's not super sexual except for (laughs) this very the part where the black woman and the guy she's like singing to the guy because he's she's trying to seduce him and the song the lyrics to the song are just they're not nuanced at all it's just like come in me (laughs) (laughs) not subtle at all i can't remember but it's it's not i mean that's about as subtle as it gets with that one so it's crazy um yeah and yeah i guess but i would like it i i would say that i would like it because it is it is just it is truly entertaining because it's got music it's got dancing it's got a cuckoo storyline i definitely want to see it and yeah we should i think this would make a great movie night for anybody who's interested in musical movies um should we pair the two together? One movie night, Santa's oh, and Grand. Maybe that would watch be something a really horrible, weird like horror themed, and then watch a delightful musical. Yeah, that was delightful. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some weird shit that happens in that movie. So we thought essentially that this would be like a good intro um, into this sort of podcast or this episode talking about bad movies and stuff. Um, but I think, in, and unless you had any other thoughts um, for the second half, we're going to go into some more movies that we have both seen and can talk about reasons mm-hmm. why we feel like they're art or yeah. how we're... I think now would be a good time for a fake commercial! Fake commercial! Fake commercial! Fake commercial! Fake commercial! some faith in me my god oh hi listener it is me tommy wiseau here to tell to you about product if you do not have this product you must be crazy aren't you it is called tape recorder all you do is put tape inside machine you push buttons sometime and then it record for hours this way you can find out when everybody betray you you play tape back and you tell them you are bad person you are just a little chicken cheep, 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 cheep. and then you can say get out get out of my life you cannot do this without tape recorder my god it is so simple so go get one thank you for listening to me tommy wiseau Bye! Okay, so we have returned, and how are we going to kick off the second half of this? We are going to kick off the second hand with a shot of bourbon. God. 
Are so you ready, my friend? Roses. Yeah, this is the four roses. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Ugh. I'm sorry. That's bad. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. I don't want four roses to feel sad. Cam has never oh. had a shot of just straight up bourbon. I don't know if I like bourbon. <laughs> I like it with lemons. Um... No, I actually think oh, <laughs> now that it's settling, I think it it's actually quite smooth, quite nice. Okay, so anywho, um, in the second half, uh, we kind of wanted to just go into. I think we had said this both bad movies that we have both seen, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, yeah, keep into the theme of musicals. I know Rocky Horror Picture Show is something I, I, I'm going to assume we both enjoy. I have a rough one. I have a rough time with that. Oh, really? You know, you're like, you're no, like, sad about No, it. I mean, <laughs> did I have the sad eyes? You're like, oh, eyes? no. Oh, no. Honestly, so this is weird because with Rocky Horror for me, the first time I saw it, it was just like at home at some point. I was young. I don't remember. I think that was the same for me, too. I caught yeah. it on TV or something. Mm-hmm. And, I kind of, and I did, like, I thought it was fun and, you know, this is silly, quirky movie or whatever. But then when I saw it at midnight for the first and the last time, I... It got ruined for you. A little bit. I mean, it's more along the lines of, like, that crowd, I guess, wasn't for me. Um, I was going to mention that and then quickly go into Repo the Genetic Opera. Because mm-hmm. I actually like Repo better than Rocky. Oh, oh that's, surprise! Yeah. <laughs> Is that a polarizing opinion? Ooh. Do you want it to be? <laughs> no. I just feel like I'm the one that has the most... You know. Oh, hard stances. Yeah, hard stances. Very wishy-washy. Well, I have a very hard stance that I will never go to a <laughs> midnight show of Rocky Horror ever again. Um, so Reba the Genetic Opera, mm-hmm. um, I think is, um, it created a kind of scene like Rocky, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, really? Yeah, it did. They do, that. um, when it released, uh, they had a lot of midnight, hmm. um, just called viewings, Mid- I guess. Midnight viewings. Thank you. Was that movie intended to be a serious film? No, okay. never. <laughs> um, I think the trailer made it out to be mm. a serious film, but if you ask the director, um, I think his name is Derek Bozeman. Boop, 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 boop. Let's look that up. Okay, sing for you guys. Directed by Darren Smith. No, that's the music. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that was far off. Um, Darren Lynn Bozeman, I believe that is how his name's pronounced. He actually did, uh, some of the Saw movies. Oh, I guess that's fitting. So, Repo, the genetic opera, came out in 2002 around the Saw movie. Mm, I was gonna say trilogy, but I'm just like, it's not a trilogy, there's like seven of them. the, The Saw series. Um, he, if you... Look at the commentary um, in the DVD if you own the DVD or um, can find it on YouTube. He even said it's not supposed to be a serious movie. There's okay. there's no way it's supposed to be a serious movie. Yeah. Um, but that's actually one of my favorite, like, bad horror films. Mm-hmm. It has actually a pretty decent budget. Oh, it looks very well, like, done, for sure. So I guess that one kind of begs the question, because that one is different from others in that they set out to kind of make a silly movie, maybe, or at least not a serious, necessarily, movie, um, versus others where that was, like, their intention was, like, they really wanted it to take off. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is true. I think they did want it to take off with the intention of, like, it's not a serious movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess that kind of defeats the purpose of... Well, comparing it to other movies in this episode i don't think it does necessarily because it's it's so different it's so it's 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 i feel like it stands alone in its own kind of thing even um i'm not trying to i'm just it's just a, a something that i think is brought up in these um kind of conversations of like are bad movies can they be considered art Versus, you know, like, were they intended to be bad or not? Because I've seen bad movies that were intended to be bad. And they're not just, like, enjoyably bad. They're just bad. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, Repo, it, it sort of, it doesn't do that. Like, that movie is enjoyable, but it is also 
It's like self-aware, I guess. Yeah, I think it is very self-aware. It may be, and I actually have only seen like bits and pieces of this one. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a pretty popular, some, I think, intentional bad, bad movie. Uh, the Toxic, Toxic Avenger. No, I haven't seen that. Ooh, I haven't seen that. That one is stupid. <laughs> but it does things that are like, you know, like so over the top that it just kind of makes you laugh. That mm-hmm. sort of thing. I think they knew what they were doing, making a silly, stupid movie, but kind of trying to disguise it as like, oh, this is like, you know, I really wanted to do this. I don't know. I don't know enough about that film, actually, to really speak about it. But it seems like it falls into that realm where it's just towing that line of like not so bad that i don't even enjoy it but not bad enough that i know this is someone's genuine like passion project you know (laughs) i mean it i i feel like so i listened to all the commentary of repo um and i said this before super drunk um when we hosted our bet when we had our bad movie night um watching repo the genetic opera made me realize i wanted to do a podcast because <laughs> uh my partner pointed out that i was super drunk but also spewing out facts about the movie <laughs> and he yeah, said i was annoying but <laughs> was not i, I don't think i was i think he was just embarrassed because no embarrassed embarrassed by association <laughs> like oh god well if it makes your partner feel any better i don't really remember anything from that <laughs> you night. were drunk i was pretty drunk so, i was drunk yeah we were no both. one else was, was as drunk as I us i think we were yeah i just kind of remember i, I mean, kept I taking shots were. with everyone that yeah. night that's like that's okay, what shots were happening I took a shot with you, and then a friend of ours found out and was like, I want a friend. I want a friend. I want a friend. (laughs) I want a friend. (laughs) Um, And was like, I want a shot, too. And I was like, yeah, I'll do a shot with you. And then it it continued. spiraled out of control. (laughs) Yeah. And I had to open the the place where we work next day. I had to wake up really early the next day. Oh, God. So, that was fun. No, that wasn't your fault. That was my fault. Um... So, yeah, so I don't really remember much about Repo. I do remember enjoying it, though. It was a fun movie. It's a very self-aware, bad movie. Um, The production's pretty good, um, even though, like, they didn't have enough money for wardrobe, so Paris Hilton, who actually (laughs) plays the character, Mm -hmm. um, let a lot of the actors borrow her uh, clothes. Yeah, and she just really did a really, like, she... She was good. She was fun to watch. Yeah. This movie too. I know when you hear Paris Hilton, you're just like, ooh. But she yeah. was, she actually played her part very well. Um, the the acting was pretty good, even when it was corny. Um, yeah. I think it, I mean, they got some pretty well-known actors and actresses yeah. in this movie. Um, even the, what is the word? The computer. CGI? The, the, the CGI, mm-hmm. yes. Even the CGI looks pretty good now. Yeah. Doesn't look that bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it holds up relatively well. There's two things that I think of when I think about it. One is the color blue. I feel like it's everywhere in that movie. Blue and red. Blue I think they red. intentionally did that. And the other is little glass vial. Little glass vial. Little glass vial. What else? I mean, should we talk about bad animated movies? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> My partner, um... Thought he was going to go into animation, thought he wanted to have a job in animation, so he took some classes on it, and because of that, he cannot watch any really bad animated movie. Like, it just, no. I feel like there may be potentially two types of, like, animators. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down and, like, enjoy the fuck out of these bad animated movies, or complete opposite, like, have to give up halfway through. And just not... Like my partner. Exactly. So... Do you want to talk about that? There's a few. Um, the only one that... Wait, did he, he sit through... He, he had to leave Cargo. Remember, we started Cargo. watching Cargo. But we also watched Food Fight. Was he, he was there not there. Okay. He probably wouldn't be able to f- no. stand that one either. Cargo was particularly bad, though. Cargo is really weird. It's a little bit more rare. Um, we watched it after watching Maximum Overdrive. Oh yeah, it was kind of like a car theme. Yeah, we were trying to do car themes. So. <laughs> um, and a Halloween bad movie night. Yeah, uh, that's that was what it was. Mm-hmm. And then we started playing that scary, scary game, <laughs> and I got really scared. Yeah, <laughs> is it, was, it PT? It was PT. PT. Yeah. Fuck PT. I'm particularly scared of that game because it looks like my actual hallway, and so I'm. Not, yeah, it not does. Oh my god, no. <laughs> 
No. I think the only way I can overcome that fear is by putting up pictures of, like, eyeballs everywhere in my hallway. I don't like it. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I'm so glad you didn't say oh. it that night because oh. I would have been, like, really fucked up go, trying it's to go to your bathroom. Sticky. Yeah. <laughs> um, anywho. Yeah, so cargo is really weird. It's essentially just a ripoff of cars, but also sort of a it's romantic. Thing. It's supposed to be like, a romantic. And so the interesting thing about the two like big animated movies that we have seen in our group <laughs> is that they have both been they've both had very sort of famous or at least somewhat well-known voice actors in them, which yeah. is so bizarre. Cargo had Melissa Joan Hart, who is Clarissa explained. Really? It all. I did not know it was she her. Was the girl car. And the, uh, the boy car was Haley Joel Osment. who actually i really like as an actor and he's done some fun things um and there there were a few other people um i would just look up the cast of that that one that one's weird that's so interesting yeah and then there's food fight which is the other one and that one had a lot of big name actors who uh well the What's his name? Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. guy. And then that young actress. Hilary Duff. Yeah, Hilary Duff. Eva Longoria, I think, was Yeah. What's his name from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Wayne something. Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady is another actor in it. There's a lot. And and, and the guy, Chris... uh, Christopher Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. Ooh. Yeah. And that movie is particularly weird in terms of how it's animated. Because it's like sort of like complete CGI, but then there's also... It looks so very, very clip arty. But then there's also, like, some weird, who knows, I don't understand. It's very fluid sometimes, and it looks a little too human. It's it's super strange. But they're, again, they're super entertaining, and the stories are complete garbage, but you just cannot look away. Yeah. Them, unless you're your partner. <laughs> <laughs> unless but, you're my partner, yeah. who is just like, we have to stop the movie. Stop! I'm going to make all of you stop watching this movie and yes. demand we do something else. Because <laughs> that, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some good animated ones. And now, I think with animated movies, they automatically kind of fall into the like, well, it's technically sort of like... There was some visual artists working on this oh, somewhere. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just... It's like the font Papyrus and Comic Sans. <laughs> Collided you, you together. Co- <laughs> like, you kind of <laughs> like it. Like, you can try to... No, I don't know if you can kind of <laughs> like it. I kind of like Comic Sans, but I like it as a joke. Yeah, I think know? that's how we view these movies. Yeah. Like, I you just like view Papyrus it as a joke. I know, <laughs> I you don't. <laughs> yeah, I... It's it's a, it's an interesting one, the animated movies. Honestly, but. there's nothing beautiful about it. It's no. just like whether you can appreciate how bad it is or yeah. not. Like visually, there's nothing beautiful about it because it just looks all kinds of awful. Mm-hmm. Did these movies make me want more? They did not. No. <laughs> but I'll still when they continue were done, watching. I was done. Although I would rewatch, yeah, I would, yeah, re-watch I would re-watch, them, rewatch it, but not like immediately after watching them. Couldn't do it. You um, need space between. The- the only bad movie, at least I could say, for that falls into the animation category is the B movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I will re rewatch it. Mm-hmm. I will rewatch it anytime. <laughs> okay, that's one that we are hopefully going to watch soon, but I have not seen yet. At least not in its entirety. I've seen bits and pieces of it and all the memes, but <laughs> it's a trip. Uh, yeah. Sounds fun. All I know is to ask people, do you like jazz? And that's it. But I'm sure there's so much more. There's a lot of bee puns. Oh, I'm sure. You could make a whole... I mean, we did. Um, I watched it with my partner and two mutual friends of ours, and we just drink anytime it said honey, anytime there was a bee pun. How are you still alive? I, I, I'm imagining I don't know. it's like every two minutes. I don't remember how I got home that night. <laughs> It was literally every two minutes we were drinking. (laughs) I don't know. That's not a good sign for the movie. (laughs) But I'd watch it again. I would watch it again. I really do. (laughs) My partner is the one who's not, he doesn't want to see that movie. And I'm just like, too bad it's going to (laughs) happen. We're going to watch this movie. What's his reason? I have no idea. He won't tell me. He just doesn't want to watch it. I'm like, I think he just thinks it's like going to be unentertaining bad. But everything that I've seen of it is 
looking pretty good. So. I think it's entertainingly bad. Yeah. Does it entertain me? Does it fall into that? Does it meet the requirements of that question? Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, small tangent. <laughs> Faithful findings. Oh, that's... We're, well, I'm just keeping it rolling. Yeah. Keeping it going. No, that's good. I love Faithful Findings. You love you so some much. Faithful Findings. <laughs> that was kind of a tongue twister. I love me some Faithful Findings. Um, Neil Breen is the writer, director, producer, blah, 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 all of it. Everything. Everything of Faithful Findings. Actor. Oh, the actor. Yes, main star. And it looks like a porn. That movie looks does. like a porn. He doesn't actually go too much into it, but it, essentially it looks like the story in porns. Yes. You know, <laughs> the story part of porn. I mean, the actresses and actors are dressed up. Mm-hmm. how porn stars would you know when you get, it starts off like yes you get the sense that this may be the only way that he is able to like interact with the lady. <laughs> like i feel kind of bad saying that i guess a little bit but also you just really get the sense that she's uncomfortable being there like doing the sort of like kissy scenes yeah and, like, she did look and really uncomfortable yeah but the movie itself, oh, it just takes, I mean, there's no way to really explain it, honestly. It takes t- so many twists and turns. I don't even know if I could really narrow it down into, like, one or two or three. It's like the B movie. Sentences. Like, there's there's so many plots in one Ugh. movie, they couldn't narrow it down. <laughs> no, because I think he's very interested in... Like, trying to be, like, the all-around action star kind of guy. But there's also, like, notes of, um, like, supernatural ghosty things happening. And then also, um, like, hacker things. It's it just goes... It's all he was trying to make, place. like, a thriller, romance, action, spiritual... Yeah. It's very weird. Film. And the thing that... My partner, Scott, and I have talked a lot about as far as this, like, some more supernatural uh, scenes in the movie is that we feel like he has either seen one or all of David Lynch's work and is like, I can do that. (laughs) It actually makes sense (laughs) now that you say that. Because it's like, David Lynch is so surreal and strange and he does all these really weird, interesting things, but then there's always, like... You know, there's it's tied into the fucking story somehow. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> it means something within the world. But like, and I'm sure that like Neil Breen's thing does mean stuff in the world. But it's just so hard to like. It's always jarring every time you go from whatever his real world vision is to his crazy like garbage bag room, <laughs> whatever the fuck. Yeah, it oh. totally was. And the funny, so I don't know if I ever told you this, Stephanie, but, like, it literally took me, like, three viewings of it, because I've shown this to several people over time, three or four viewings for me to start to understand what he was actually saying in certain parts and to realize, oh, my God, that was a flashback. Those are things that you should be able to read on the first viewing. Yeah. (laughs) Not for, but you're so distracted by all the crazy shit that's happening. And... In a way, that feels artful to me. <laughs> it, because there's always something new to discover. God damn it. I would compare that movie to performance art. Where I'm just like, it is, but just, he doesn't know he's doing it. He doesn't realize he's doing it. Because there's a scene where he's just like naked in the garbage room. <laughs> in the garbage room. <laughs> in the garbage. I'm sorry. Oh my god. It really is I'm the sorry. Part. I love that. <laughs> he's like sitting there naked in the garbage room. I guess yes. something really serious is There's supposed like a woman to be. With him too. Yeah. At some point a woman. I think first he's alone and then yeah. the woman joins him and it's just like it's very performance artsy. It is. Artsy artsy. It feels that <laughs> I'm way. I'm getting drunk. I'm getting me. Bourbon. Oh god, but yeah, it's, I would compare that movie to like a really long performance art. It really is. It's just confusing mm-hmm. and <laughs> i'm sorry but it's so funny it's it's good <laughs> really funny it was one of the first movies that i'd seen in a long time that made me laugh probably every 10 minutes <laughs> i'm laughing right now yeah, just like reliving it. it it's really funny so have so, we reached the moment i think we've reached film? the moment um the most popular yes bad movie Bad movie 
that it's a good movie. Uh, sorry, I was trying to just say edit that movie out. that you are trying to say. My God, <laughs> we all know what it's talking about. The Room. Yes, Room, best movie of all time. Go see. <laughs> oh God, we're getting drunk. <laughs> so, um, if you've seen The Disaster Artist and not The Room. You I did hate it to wrong. say it. You did it wrong. <laughs> yes, you did it wrong. You done fucked up, A.A. <laughs> Ron. <laughs> did you say A.A. Ron? <laughs> yes. No, that's, that's Stephanie referencing one of her favorite, or two of her favorite comedians. <laughs> Key and Peel. You done the messed best. up, A.A. Ron. Um, <laughs> go shoot yourself in the head. Oh my god! <laughs> Get reborn. Watch the room first, and then... <laughs> Read the disaster. Artist. Well, you know what? You could potentially do that because it's like this movie is never going away. Like it's it's here to fucking stay. That the room was made in two thousand three, I believe it was, and like it's still playing in theaters. Yeah, two thousand eight. It is. Or, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my I god. Wish. Um, <laughs> So much time to Gotta redo be all back my in choices. College. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it's 2018. <laughs> you did not go back into the past. I'm I sorry. Did not. Um, yeah, it's been playing in theaters since 2003, 2002. On and off, like I that. think, and then now pretty steadily. Yeah. And he, so Tommy Wiseau is. I don't think we even mentioned his name yet. Um, the, again, the writer, director, everything, everything, everything of the room, and a very intentionally like he wanted it to be serious. He um, wanted it to be what did he, who was the actor he was trying to emulate? Uh, uh, Tennessee, or no, no, no. He likes. I think is it Tennessee Williams? No, it's uh, yeah, James mom, Dean. Oh, James, James Dean. Dean. Yes. He, what was the movie of James Dean? Uh, it was in The Disaster Is that Artist. Rebel Without a Cause? Yeah, something like that. He So he watched a James Dean film, was super inspired mm-hmm. by it, and thus The Room. Yes. Was born. The, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately. Um, yeah, and it's. So something that you have to also think about, and I think this is somewhat true for the other ones. It dep- I don't really know that much about the back story of the other ones. I think The Room is the one I'm most invested in because it's just been around for so long and kind of has been my entrance into bad movies. And I think, yeah, I, I mean, think like, about like legitimately yeah. actively seeking them out, that sort of thing. It's a good place to start. Um, but uh, Tommy Wiseau had like, millions, like, endless amounts of money at his disposal for some reason, and nobody really knows why. Um, so he was able to just blow it all, uh, and not actually lose anything off of it. So maybe not blow it all, but just... He, he probably actually, to... at this point, has made up. Oh, I'm sure he's profited, like, handsomely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's, he's, he poured a bunch of money into this movie, and... The acting is terrible. Like, he chose to, to film it on two types of cameras, one digital and one film, because nobody's ever done that before, and therefore it's a good idea to do it. <laughs> it's it's so silly. Um, but I think this this one, I think more than any of them, has really, truly brought people together in a way yeah. that is truly special. Um, and that's why you enjoy it, right? Yes. Is the fact that it brings people together. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this the first time, attempting to, we were maybe a little too drunk. We that were. is still the thing. <laughs> but I, I, will, I will cling to that, is that I think more than even some art doesn't bring people together in this way. Like, so in my mind, there's something special about that. And it actually has a function and a role um, in, in society to a degree. And I will say that the midnight showings that they there are jokes that are not particularly like they're not all inclusive <laughs> there there's some pretty blue jokes and some pretty like not great jokes but there are also some jokes that are just so genuine and pure um but the cool thing about it is that like with the room I think you can go there and try other shit out whereas at Rocky Horror I feel like it's a lot of like, it's very set in what, what the callbacks are. 
Um, I've been to, we've been to a lot of showings at midnight. We have been. I think maybe, maybe like five or six or something. Um, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's, it's, it feels like a lot, I guess. (laughs) Um, and I feel like every time something, like many different things have come up and you can try things out without the fear of failing, which is kind of cool and getting yourself in that mentality. So... Um, yeah, me and Cam recently, the last time we went, we uh, there's a part where Tommy, like, points and waves, yeah. like, at the corner of the screen, and me and Cam ran up and... Did, like, the waving part. And that's the first time I think we ever did that. Yes, we um, did it together. Because we were, like, we were new and it was coming up and stuff, and it's fun because it's, like, you can go there one or two or however many times and be like, oh, maybe I'll try that out, and then you can go and try it out, and it becomes, like... Uh, like a like a community building bonding moment and that's fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i guess then the question is is do we feel like the room is a beautiful film i mean it does leave me wanting more oh yes (laughs) like i could watch a whole tv series surrounding these characters (laughs) oh god i know well the cool thing about the room is that it has delivered on that what (laughs) It has delivered on that. It's not, It's. I mean, it's not a TV show, but, you know, there's the Disaster Artist Oh, book. yeah, sorry. I was there's just like, wait, there's a TV series? No, but there's, um, like, the some of the actors and actresses in the movie have gone out to, like, they've made other things on their own that are still very related to the room, but I feel like they all sort of embrace it mm-hmm. pretty fully. So acting, bad costumes bad very bad music delightful oh yes yes it kind of gets <laughs> scenery no not too bad yeah i guess it's fine cinematography awful oh, <laughs> yeah. like the whole drug scene deal on the oh. roof like it like you can't you see like half their faces it doesn't even yeah. make any sense it's pretty bad and everything's a green screen up there it's Really good. (laughs) So it's not particularly a pretty film, but it is a very, very... Everything else that surrounds it is, like, well worth going to enjoy it, I think. I feel like you found a quote from a movie that really, really sums up, essentially... Not necessarily a quote, but... um, Or an idea, I guess. Yes, um... So, I don't know if anyone knows this movie. Uh, it was made in 1941 called Sullivan's Travels. But it was basically about a director who wanted to make a socially relevant drama. But at the end of the movie, it turns out that he learns that creed and laughter is his greatest contribution mm. to society. Yes. I think that's kind of how Tommy feels. <laughs> I think it's how a majority feel. But definitely Tommy. Tommy for sure. Neil Breen not so much. Neil Breen wants to be a serious, serious movie man. Which is fine with me. I hope he continues to be a serious, serious movie man. So I can see his movies. Yes. Yeah. So to end it all, um, a sort of favorite art thing. Uh, I guess, what is your favorite bad movie? Oh, jeez. You can't go first. <laughs> well, no. You were the one who wanted to ask this question. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have a favorite. This is hard. If I had to choose one right now, I would say Repo the Genetic Opera. Okay. Is That's one fair. Of, like, it would have to be the top three. Yeah. If not number one. I think, for me right now, it is Fateful Finding still. Um, <laughs> you love that it's so fun i mean more than anything it just makes me laugh in such a way that is cathartic so i appreciate that very much (laughs) so i have to say faithful findings yeah yeah all right well that about sums up our episode yeah right maybe we'll do it for for this one all right well thank you for listening yeah thanks for joining us And until next time, see ya! Bye! Before we go, we just want to say a few things and give credit to Jonathan Stutz for providing us with their amazing music throughout this podcast. 
Our intro slash outro music is a song called Rushing, which you can get off of their album, Sins One, on Bandcamp. So go to stutzmusic.bandcamp.com to download that. That's S-T-U-T-Z music.bandcamp.com. Also feel free to write to us at drunkartchatpod at gmail.com. Yeah, and follow us on Twitter at drunkartchat as well as Instagram uh, by the same name. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast by following us on SoundCloud at Drunk Our Chat. Yeah, and I'm Cameron Penamon. I'm Stephanie Ledesma. And this has been Drunk Drunk Our Our Chat. Chat.